Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We're going to start off this show with a fun question. Do our ET friends need green cards to come help earthlings? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I got my passport. Ah, Now I need a real ID. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. That's a whole other story. Of course, we're poking a little fun at those who are trying to keep those they consider to be aliens, quote-unquote, from coming across whatever borders they consider to be exclusively theirs. If people were to consider other human beings to be aliens just because they don't have the right piece of paper or speak the same language as us, what are they going to do when spaceships full of people from completely different cultures than what we have here on Earth, start showing up here openly. Some of them might not even look anything like we do. And here on Earth, many humans are still quibbling over what color skin someone has or what religion he or she might follow and have a hard time getting along with anyone who lives differently than they do. Yes, humans have a long way to go to truly live as we are meant to live. If you are tuning into our show today, you must be well aware that there are many other kinds of people out there in the universe than just those who look and act like us. It's kind of logic if you look at the numbers out there. (laughs) Some are even human beings just like us, but have been evolving on a different planet in very possibly a different star system. Others are not human at all. They may be hominid with arms and legs and a head and a torso, but they don't look human. (laughs) (laughs) The good news is that more and more humans are waking up today than ever before. One way you can see this is how popular, of all things, cat videos have become. (laughs) Really, the interest in animals and our relationships with animals is one of the signs that humanity is waking up. Why? Because more and more people are starting to relate to, communicate with, and treat animals in a way befitting two intelligent sentient species having loving relationships. Yes, there are still many who believe that animals are dumb and soulless. But you couldn't convince anyone who has had any kind of loving relationship with a dog, a cat, elephant, dolphin, or even a hedgehog of that nonsense, could you? No, we know first, we know from firsthand personal relationships with animals that they are beautiful and capable beings incarnating in bodies that are quite different from ours. They speak a different language, and they live a different culture. That, however, doesn't diminish who they are in the least. 
We take care of them just as much as they take care of us, especially spiritually. I like to think of our animal friends as our younger brothers and sisters. In some ways, they're quite equal to us. Learning to have interspecies relationships is part of our training as human beings to be able to communicate and relate with other species from other planets and star systems throughout the galaxies. And, much to the consternation of egotists and control freaks, there are species out there that are far more advanced, both spiritually and technologically, than where we are here on planet Earth. And that's what frightens so many people. That's why we decided to pose the tongue-in-cheek question today. Do our ET friends need green cards to come help us Earthlings? In a way, that's a big reason why many of our governments on Earth have been trying to keep anything and everything to do with outer space and non-terrestrial beings secret from the mainstream society. If they can't even control all the humans here, how are they possibly going to control a more advanced population or even a few simple visitors? They're demanding some kind of green card, especially from those who are interested in helping guide humanity into a golden age, which is right where we're heading. Anyone of any species from anywhere who is interested in helping to guide humanity to ushering in our golden age here on Earth isn't going to be interested in tyrannical control. In fact, that's a big part of how we, as humanity, are keeping our golden age from happening here. So many humans are still more interested in dividing and conquering and winning rather than cooperating and living harmoniously together. Remember, spirit is undivided and limitless and therefore one. There aren't a gazillion spirits running around here. There's one of us in spirit showing up in a gazillion different bodies and body types. And that's what we're each here to learn, to see, and experience, isn't it? We can no longer afford to be blinded by greed or competition or fear of any kind and refuse to see the truth of our own beingness. We have to each wake up from the illusion that we're all random separate little bodies running around amok and truly experience the underlying, undivided, limitless, eternal oneness of our spirit nature. All of our awakening begins with one little simple thing. This is one of my favorite things. Saying hello to one another. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And the only thing that keeps us from saying hello to each other is fear. When we're afraid, we hold back. We might not say hello to someone for fear of rejection. We might decide not to say anything because we're afraid of sounding stupid. We might withhold communication because we're afraid of getting into trouble or making someone upset or simply because we don't know that person. But then how do we ever get to know anyone if we don't first say the magic word, hello? So what might make us afraid to say hello to someone who looks and acts so differently than we do? Of course, that's a bit silly as well, isn't it? After all, We all look and act differently from each other in so many ways, don't we? Yet, when it gets quite different enough, that's when we start to get a bit suspicious, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's where the husband <clears throat> and wife know <laughs> where the cue is there. How different does a person have to be before we say that he or she or it is an alien? After all, we don't call our pet <clears throat> cat or dog an alien, do we? Although some they act like it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yes, and some of them actually look like it too. And most of them don't have passports, visas, or green cards, although my pets always have some kind of registration. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're indigenous. They were here actually before us. Okay, but that doesn't seem to bother us. Uh, that doesn't seem to bother those who regularly abuse or kill animals for no reason, does it? I'm sure even some of those who are flitting around this planet in mega high-tech spaceships may have been here before we were. I bet they were. Oh, yeah. Or at least their ancestors. So who would be the aliens in that case? Yes, it gets ridiculous. Yet so many people take it completely seriously and in great fear. Let's not stay stuck in the question of whether there are real UFOs out there. I can tell you there are. (laughs) And if so, whether there really are extraterrestrial beings piloting them. Some of them are not being piloted at all, actually, inside. Drones been around for a long time. (laughs) That's right. Much much sooner than the ones we created. (sighs) If you're listening to this show, you must at least have an intuitive knowing that there must be. We definitely cannot be all there is in this vast universe is kind of a ridiculous thing to yeah. believe at, at this day and age. So we'll start with a few personal experiences in relationship to UFOs and extraterrestrial visitors on a variety of levels. I've had my positive and negative experiences, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But I wanted to turn this over to Michael for a few minutes. Michael. You've had some real close encounters with UFOs and real ET visitors. How about telling our listeners when you started having any awareness of them and about one of your closest encounters to date? Yes. Um, Well, from the time I was a little kid uh, growing up in Japan, nobody really talked about UFOs or extraterrestrials back then. But I knew, I mean, it was one of those, it's kind of like, Reincarnation. Nobody talked about it, but I've never even considered not having been here before because I knew I was here before. <laughs> it's not, it's a non-question. And the same went for what people call extraterrestrials, people who are not from this earth and who don't live here. They're in spaceships or they're on other planets and other star systems, to me, that was completely normal, natural. It's, again, not even a question. Sort of like a childhood understanding without anyone telling you. Exactly. And just because nobody talked about it, well, nobody talked about a lot of things. (laughs) So That was a little more cultural. Yeah. And, And so, you know, I grew up not feeling strange that, People didn't talk about certain things. That didn't mean they didn't exist, that those things weren't happening. I saw and experienced so many things that were happening to me. I mean, there's no uncertainty at all. But other people never talked about it. 
So that's the way it is, I thought. So anyway, it was a little strange. I was already an adult when people start, I heard people start talking about it, or there would be books written about somebody's experience. And most of it, or even on TV shows, fictional TV shows, dramas, a lot of times it was kind of scary. You know, like how they make horror movies out of ghosts, right? That was strange to me too. So anyway, that's the background I have in terms of, you know, uh, extraterrestrials being absolutely normal. And so the first experience direct <clears throat> some sort of contact was on a psychic level, clairaudient. Mm -hmm. I, I started hearing, I was probably about 21 years old and I was meditating and I started to hear very loud Morse code. Like, I don't know Morse code, so I can't tell you if that was Morse code, but it sounded like it. And it was repetitive. It, it went for a certain <laughs> period in a certain uh, sequence, and then it repeated. And it was coming in from the right side behind my, uh, you know, that bone, bone that sticks out in the skull behind your ears, right around there. I can kind of feel it. And it was coming in through there, and I was hearing on that side. And so I thought, that's interesting. So, like Raphael was saying earlier, what I do first is say hello. I said, hello. <laughs> Anybody trying to get my attention? And next thing, uh, and I said, I don't know Morse code if this is Morse code. You're going to have to speak in English. <laughs> and next thing I hear in English is... Uh, someone's voice going, um, we'd like your help. And I said, oh, okay, what kind of help would you like? And then they showed me they were out on a spaceship way out there, and they wanted, they were here to help us, you know, humanity evolve. And I said, oh, well, I'm already doing that because I've already was teaching and I said, I'm, I'm already doing that. And I showed them in my mind what I was involved in. And they go, oh, that's perfect. That's great. Thank you. And then they just zoop, went away. So that was the very first conscious, you know, verbal type uh, communication I had with some group of extraterrestrials in some spaceship. I didn't have any clue as to where, how, when, who, any of that. But over the period of time after that, I'd be, you know, anywhere from diving, uh, I used to go skin diving a lot, and scuba diving up in the northern coast, and I was at Salt Point camping by myself out on in the summer, beautiful, uh, clear sky, and... Uh, Oh. I'm going to interrupt, Michael. <laughs> We're, our first break is coming up, and this is a really great story, so I'd like you to hear the whole thing. And as you know, we like to um, tell you a little bit about our events coming up because this is our chance to do this. Um, this weekend, coming up, December 1st and 2nd, we'll be at the wonderful Hilton Garden in Calabasas in the greater Los Angeles area. The whole weekend will be for celebrating your psychic life, 
Michael will teach two powerful all-day experiential seminars to help you celebrate your psychic life. Saturday seminar, Laugh, Love, and Live by Intuition, Psychic Tools for Living a Joy-Filled Life. And Sundays is Set, Reset Your Energy, Light Up Your Light, Awakening Your Clairvoyance and Creativity to Blaze Your Trail. We'll both help you enormously in living your psychic life and progressing on your spiritual path. If you're learning, if you're interested in learning much more about your psychic life and learning how to live more intuitively, we encourage you to join us in Calabasas this weekend. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with Do Our ET Friends Need Green Cards to Come Help Earthlings? We'll be right back. You need it. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com For so many years, adults and teens have experienced a breakdown in communication. It doesn't have to be like this. Listen for Tools for Teen Transformation with Lily Williams. Coach Lily and her guest will tackle subjects like bullying, self-esteem issues, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, and more. It's all about getting teens and the adults in their lives to think differently. You could save a teen's life. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking, the grass is always greener on their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction, and that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Do our ET friends need green cards to come help earthlings? That's our topic for discussion today. And Michael was just about to tell a very interesting story about something that happened to him at Salt Point. This is in California. In Northern California. Yes. And so I was capping the first night. I just decided not even to pitch a tent. It was such a beautiful night. I rolled out my sleeping bag, just slept on top of it. And then about, I think, probably somewhere around 3 o'clock in the morning, 2.30, whatever, I just 
woke up and I opened my eyes and looking into the beautiful sky and the, the stars. And at first I'm going, that's strange. What's a, like a Goodyear blimp doing in the middle of the night sky and doing this whole light show? <laughs> it wasn't at a festival. It wasn't at a, you know, concert, anything. That's no one else. I'm the only one, as far as I can see, uh, sleeping there on this little promontory. And look at that. And it's just all these lights. And then I realize that's no Goodyear blimp. <laughs> it was humongous. And as I'm really starting to wake up and I'm looking at this whole thing, there's all these lights going across flashing on and off, on and off, on and off, really fast in all these different patterns. And then the next thing, inside all these different lights, this darkness, you know, kind of a blackness shows up. Very clear, uh, like a rectangular, large rectangular shape. And then it opens up. <laughs> it's still hovering in the sky. Yeah, it's hovering in the sky right over my over me. And it opens up and some kind of a thing comes down from it and the lights start doing other things and I'm just watching in this total fascination and I realize oh yeah that's not from around here <laughs> that's a spaceship some sort of spaceship kind I've never seen before and I don't think I've ever seen since then that type it was it was kind of a gigantic uh, blimp type of a shape. That's actually a very common one for people to see. Ah, and yeah. it's just got all these lights flashing on and Did off. Did anything come in and out of the dark place? No, no, it was just dark. It just opened. It looked like kind of a ramp, you know, the door, like in one of those uh, big uh, Navy ship, fighting ships, you know, it opens up and then everybody walks out or cars come out, jeeps come out, and then it closes up again. But I didn't see anything coming out. And then it closed up and it went back to all these flashing lights and it just went and disappeared. So I thought, wow, that was quite a show. And so I had things like that. There was a time um, I was assisting as a spiritual midwife in the birth of uh, one of my friends and people, a person who was a teacher on my staff. And um, so you know, it gets pretty intense. So I'm taking a little breather outside. And she was having her uh, baby out in um, Russian River area, a beautiful area Again, in the woods. That's in California. That's in California, way out in the boonies in the woods. There's no other houses around. And I go by the river, and I'm looking across the river into the forest, beautiful night, very black, very dark. All of a sudden, there's three, you know, classic spaceship, you know, the saucer type spaceships, three identical ones above the tree line. And it's this glowing yellow orange kind of a radiance and very clearly defined uh, shape and size and everything. All the same, floating uh, above the tree line, maybe a 100 feet above or whatever, and all equal level. And then this beam of light comes out of each one, this column. Three columns of light 
comes right down from the spaceship into the middle of the forest. Of course, I I couldn't tr- see the bottom of the column for the trees. <laughs> uh, and and I don't, so I don't know what was going on there, but it just went shoot. And then it lasted, the columns lasted for about 15 seconds. And then shoot, went up to all together to the three spaceships. And once they went up, it paused for a second. And then they, all three of them went and took off. Disappeared. You make good spaceship sounds. <laughs> These are really true stories. Here. Yeah, and and so, so uh, I mean, I have so many examples. Uh, another time, these are all very different experiences. One time, I was dropping off my kids in in uh, where they were living in Vallejo area, Fairfax, and um, after I dropped them off, I'm it's a rush hour. It's a small city, so... Vallejo is near San Francisco and Sacramento. Yeah, and it was actually Fairfax, Fairfield, Fairfax, Fairfax. And um, I'm sitting in traffic at a T-intersection in the middle of the town, and um, I'm maybe six cars back from the stop sign, stoplight, and everybody's kind of bored. They're tapping their fingers on their uh, steering wheel and everything, looking out into the whatever... I'm looking straight ahead, and at the other side of the T-intersection, there's a row of, you know, single resident, single family. Like a subdivision. Yeah, houses, and all one story, and some trees and everything. And then there's this gigantic, I mean, mega size. It looked like, I'm thinking, wow, this looks like a super gigantic uh, airstream. (laughs) It was all smooth like a chrome, almost chrome, but not quite chrome, metal metal sheen. And it was so big. The bottom was just hovering over the ground behind all the houses and the trees. The top, you can see clearly for, I don't know, 100 feet? Maybe more. Maybe more. And then the front end, I can see, it was this rounded a front end, and it's going behind the houses, behind the trees. But you can see plenty of this. And I couldn't see the end of it, the other end. It was so long and big, I couldn't see the end of it. And I'm going, holy moly. And first thing I think of is, is everybody seeing this? And I look around into, I can see into quite a few cars and people walking the streets Nobody's paying attention to it at all. And it's as clear as day. It's it's like... The sun is shining off oh, of it. Yeah, it's shining. So it's broad daylight. Yeah. And then the parts behind the house you can't see, and the parts behind the trees you can't see. But the stuff that's open view, you can see. And I'm going, everyone, hey, you know, hello, <laughs> wake <Yes>. up. <laughs> You're missing a show. And then it slowly slowly moved forward more and more and more. So I saw more of the body of this big ship. And then, next thing, it disappears. Like, it was never there before. And so I'm going, wow, isn't that interesting? And my sons and I were talking about experiences with spaceships. So that brings me to the one that Raphael was asking about, the closest encounter is where I'm face-to-face 
one time we were living in two places. Uh, we had a house in Elk Grove, California, and we had uh, an apartment rent uh, in Anaheim. And Raphael was Southern California. in Southern California. Raphael was the director of the Anaheim Psychic Institute back then. And just so you know, Elk Grove is just south of Sacramento, which is a six-hour drive. Six-hour drive between the two, if you don't stop. And so <laughs> I had to go up, and I had a very, very long day. <laughs> so I, I went up, drove up and everything, and I finally got, after doing all these different things, including teaching a whole you know, evening class, uh, I drove back home to our Elk Grove house about 2 o'clock maybe in the morning, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was very tired. And when I walked in, since we haven't been living there for about two weeks, it was pitch black. And the only light source in, in the house was the flashing red light of the uh, Radio Shack voice messaging what do you call those? Just the voice uh, answering mail. machines. Answering machines, something nobody has anymore. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and it's flashing sixty-four messages. <laughs> so I'm so tired. I'm actually staring at it, wondering if I should pick it up. And then I start hearing it behind this uh, uh, short hallway uh, leading to the laundry room next to the uh, uh, family room. Boom, 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 boom. It's like some bo- you know, big bodies uh, sl- slamming against the wall on the other side. And I'm going, wow. First thought, of course, is, now that's way too big for rats. <laughs> we <laughs> didn't too- have rats. <laughs> we didn't have rats. And then I start to telepathically hear and feel uh, giggling of kids behind the wall. And I'm going, oh, my God. I think the ET kids are here. And I felt like there was about five or six of them behind the wall, and they're giggling and playing and pushing each other into the wall, and that's the thudding. And this wasn't just on an energy level. This was physical. They are bouncing against the wall. And then in this total dark room, a light starts to shine from behind the doorway, and there's no lights on. But this glow shines up so I can see everything. And these little slender long fingers wrap around the door jam, the doorway. And I can tell they're resisting being pushed out into the doorway where I would be able to see them. So they're playing a game of pushing each other out to see who they can push out into the doorway for, you to for see. me to see. And finally, there's all these hands holding on resisting being pushed out and then finally these heads start jutting out into the doorway they they were so curious they were looking at me and they're kids but nothing like a human that i've ever seen they had humanoid features eyes and and a tiny kind of a mouth and and all that but all wrinkly and dark and and so um, I'm going, oh, my God, they're actually here in my house. <laughs> I was so excited. And then I start seeing, you know, two or three heads jutting out. And I, again, felt like there was about five or six of them back there. And then all of a sudden, it felt like the 
chaperone walked in that I couldn't see. And everything got really quiet behind. They were gone. All their energy, everything was gone. It's very quiet. I go, they're gone. And then this, I immediately, intuitively knew she was female. Uh, There's no characteristics about, you know, from a body type, but tall, very, very tall, slender, long uh, limbs and everything, big eyes, and no mouth, no nose to speak of, but telepathically, it was the most clearest conversation ever in my head. She's saying, we like to speak with you. And I'm going, I love to speak with you. <laughs> no fear. And, and I'm going, but I find I'm so exhausted from all this very, very long, hard day. I'm going, I'm really exhausted. Could we do this out of the body? And she said, that will be fine. And so I said, I'm going upstairs, going to bed right now. Please follow me, and then we can continue. And she goes, very well. Boom. I run upstairs. I got all my clothes on. I just jump on the bed. I'm out of my body completely, even before my body actually hits the bed almost. And she and four other, what I know as men, uh, slightly shorter than her, are waiting for me at the base of the bed. And they said, are you ready? I said, yes. And they take me through the walls into their spaceship. But we'll come back to that rest of the story when, when uh, after. Yes, Raphael. because the, the story continued in Michael's full consciousness, which I think is really great. Well, we're coming up on our second break. Um, so I'm going to try again on this uh, encouragement for you to come to our December 1st and 2nd Calabasas, California weekend. This is yeah, in Southern California. If you want to li- learn to live your psychic and intuitive life more fully and progress on your soul path, we welcome you to join us in the greater Los Angeles area at the delightful Hilton Garden Inn in Calabasas this coming weekend, December 1st and 2nd, for a weekend of celebrating your psychic life. On Saturday, Michael will teach you to laugh, love, and live by intuition, psychic tools for living a joy-filled life, and on Sunday, to reset your energy, light up your life, awakening your clairvoyance, and creatively to blaze your trail. If you've been looking to step up your life in a powerful and profound way, these seminars will help you do that while having a lot of fun. All the details in the All the details for this will be found in the events calendar section of our website, which is easy. We just have Michael's name on it, michaeltamura, T-A-M-U-R-A dot com. You can sign up online there or you can call our office at 530-926-2650 to sign up. We are looking forward to seeing you in just a couple of minutes. For now, a commercial break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. 
Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a game changer in disguise? Are you tired of waking up every day saying, they soar like eagles and I'm stuck in the nest? Well, wonder no more. It's time to soar. Of the world's millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, almost all started with at least one unique idea. Join Crystal for a controversial look at triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a fun, financially free life with her successful guests. Listen to Soaring with Eagles. Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. And get ready to soar. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. Do our ET friends need green cards to come help Earthlings? <coughs> I think the answer to that question is no. <laughs> you know, they do have to follow that prime directive we all learned about in Star Trek. Yeah. Well, we're having fun looking at life beyond this Earth, who lives out there, what some of them are doing here, and what's our relationship with them. So Michael was telling a, a very interesting story, um, which he has told many times in our seminars and so on, about his physical contact with these um, interesting different kinds of beings that, that are human hominid or humanoid, humanoid. but um, not uh, human beings from Earth, obviously. Yes. So um, you were saying they took you up to the spaceship in your astral body, but you were yeah. still fully awake. Yes, and so uh, I followed her and the four guys um, up to their spaceship, and we went right through kind of the where the wall meets the ceiling uh, part of my bedroom. And then next thing, I'm walking down the corridor of what I realized was their spaceship. But it's nothing like I imagined. It was all, the best way I can describe it, it was like made out of plasma. It's not, it's solid. I, I'm walking and and you can touch, you know, the walls and everything, but it's, it's not a, a very distinct line and hard surface. It's just like all energy. And then, but distinctly, it's slightly curved. Uh, it must have been a fairly large spaceship. It's slightly curved, so the hull isn't straight, and you know 
at right angles. It's curving. And I can tell to my left as we were walking down this hall was the great outdoors, <laughs> the universe and space. And then toward my right were all the, I would pass these spaces where the, you know, I can tell there were doorways to some other room. And we passed several of those doorways until she turns in, motions me to turn into this one and walk right through this space, this plasmic space. And I'm on the other side in this other room. And she puts her hand on something. And all of a sudden, this like a super, super mega high def uh, flat screen monitor shows up. And I can see the earth from where we are in the spaceship as most magnificent. It was the amazing, amazing piece of art. Keep in mind, this is long before flat screen TVs were, were, invent- were yeah. invented. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's the colors, everything. It was just this beautiful, beautiful orb of blue light and, and shapes and everything. And she said, yeah, that's looking at your earth from where we are in space. And so this goes on in my subjective memory. It's about a three-hour time experience. And she narrated, once I saw the earth, all of a sudden the screen changes to these scenes from the future. And I'm seeing all these different scenes from various possibilities, probabilities, and almost definite futures in for humanity on this planet. And this goes on, and she gave a whole narration of it to make a very, very long story short. The end of it, I remember her saying, when you go back, um, you need to pay attention to the actions of the cetaceans on your planet, in your oceans, especially the dolphins and the whales. If they start to beach themselves all over the world, humanity's in big trouble. You're going the wrong way. But if the dolphins and the whales start to show up more to, at first, people who live pretty much on the seas, you know, sailors, fishermen, and surfers, surfers, uh, and stuff like that, uh, they're going to start showing up more. And then if all goes well, if it's really going well, people will start to be invited to interact with them. And people will start to swim, go out to swim with dolphins and whales. And they'll let them into their lives more. And then that means humanity and their consciousness is going in the right direction. She said, I want you to pay attention to that in the coming years. And this was in 19... Late 80s? No, early 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, mid 80s. to late 80s. Yeah. And and uh, so that's with what I came back, uh, with all that awareness. And, and some of those things that she showed me has happened already. And other things didn't happen or didn't happen exactly the way I was shown because humanity has changed its consciousness enough to improve it, and some things went a little bit worse than it did and when, that I was shown. So there's a plenty of leeway there 
for what we can do. But it's all consciousness. That's that's the key element is consciousness is all there is. And if we change our consciousness, then everything in the world changes accordingly. But as long as people are blaming each other for everything, it's not that's not gonna change. Keeping it's the status quo it's gonna, in the direction we're going. In the worst yeah. direction. And so the other part of the story, I don't have time to really go into the whole detail, but this is exactly the same thing that my younger son uh, experienced when he was around eight. eight years old. Yeah. So he went through this before I did. and and uh, But I didn't want to talk to him about it until he told me the story so I wouldn't influence him in any way. And one day when he was about not quite 16, 15 and a half or so, he was meditating and doing his Qigong practices. Everything came back to him. He called me and said, he was really excited. He said, Dad, I remember everything. And and we were, Rafi and I were part of his experience where he was taken from his bedroom uh, in the middle of the night. We happened to be up and and a blue, incredible blue light filled in his room. And then next thing, he was back standing. He appeared. he appeared out of nowhere in front of his bedroom, holding on to the banister in the second floor, looking up into the ceiling. And by the time I ran upstairs with a glass of water to talk to him about it, he was already back sound asleep in his bed, and his room was electrifying. It was like, you know, the top of the mountain after a thunderstorm, lightning. And you see, feel, and smell all that ozone. That's how crisp his room was. And he woke up, I, I woke him up, and I asked, asked him if he remembered anything, and he didn't at the time. But uh, a few months later, he remembered that incident of the blue light and other incidents he's had. And then he was taken somewhere, but that's all he remembered. Years later, seven years later, he remembered the whole thing. And what he told me was almost word for word my same experience that I was shown by these people. And you had never told him about it. I had never told him about it. So, you know, these stories, there's so many of them. And both Michael and I have had our experiences with actual UFOs as well as the people, some of the people in them. Uh, Mount Chasta, where we are presently living, is one of the UFO capitals (laughs) of the world, I swear, uh, Michael's children both saw the UFOs coming in and out of the mountain when they were camping with their stepdad a yeah, couple times. Two times. So um, my, you know, we my experiences go back to early, early childhood because my father actually believed in the ET people and told me as a little tiny child. And he was in the Air Force. He was right? in the Air Force. Yes, he was a not high ranking. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember as a little five or six-year-old girl walking with him hand in hand, and he said, one day you will meet people from the stars. And to this day, I wonder what he meant about that. He's passed over now, of course, but um, I have had my experiences, including seeing physical UFOs in broad daylight, um, ones I think that were actually reversed engineered and and belonged to our military, but one appeared right above Michael and I when we were living in Colorado and walking our dog outside. And it was actually our dog (laughs) that looked up 
first, and so I followed her gaze up, and and it the spaceship was so big, it was triangular in shape, so it's different than these other ones Michael talked about. It was so big, it covered about the sky. a third of the sky. It was huge, but it was pointed exactly in the direction of this strange marine base that was about <laughs> seven miles from us between where we lived in the DIA airport a little bit to the west of us, west and north. We lived seven miles north-northeast of Parker, Colorado, which is southeast of Denver. And this was on the back roads of um, that take you to the airport. We used to take the back roads because it was quicker. And there's this very strange, big, looks like big golf balls on stands, about seven or eight of them out there. And the, the main building for the Marine Base looks like an abandoned all-glass mall. It is the strangest-looking <laughs> place I've ever seen. But this thing, this so-called UFO, was heading right in the direction, pointed in the exact direction of that location. So I assumed it was one of ours. And since I know someone who is having to do with designing the stealth bomber and so on, I talked to that person. And... Uh, he wouldn't talk to me about it. He, he would just like avert his eyes and shut his mouth, and you know that's how it is with those kind of people, anyway. But um, that was, and we had a neighbor that was outside, and so I waved to him and pointed up and and pointed to my eyes. Do you see that? And he said, Oh yeah, I see that. And so it was finally after all the years of having UFOs in my dreams and and talking to UFO people in my astral uh, state. Out of the body, I finally got to see something that looked like a UFO, even if it was one of ours. But here in Mount Shasta, one time Michael was walking our dog, Shanti, who's also now passed over, um, down the street at late at night. I think it was about midnight, just to do her business before we went to bed. And he came running back in and grabbed me to come back outside. There was something that looked like... Uh, a turquoise-colored star of Bethlehem. It was so beautiful and so big. It wasn't as close to us as the one in Colorado, but it was huge, and I had the feeling of um, the, my experience with looking at it was kind of a heralding, almost like it was a star of Bethlehem kind of thing, where it was heralding something like our new, new age, age yes. new energy coming in. But I, we both have had dozens of experiences. I also had a beeping experience like Michael's. It was a little different, but he was with me when it happened, which I thought was interesting. And other times when I have seen them, when we lived in the L.A. area there, that's like a, a <laughs> LAX airport. Uh, Space they, airport. Uh, really, they are coming and going all the time. You can and see Phoenix them. Phoenix is another place. Yeah, you can see them physically, but you can also see them psychically, even if they're behind the clouds and that sort of thing. They're, they're, they don't really hide themselves that much. So do they have to have green cards? <laughs> Michael, why don't you answer that question before well, we wrap it up? I always like to joke about that because, you know, <laughs> with... All their intelligence and and awareness and technology. Not not all people from outside the earth are that way. Some of them are, you know, just like humans or or even less evolved than humans. And uh, they have all the same problems and everything, or even more. But they may even have better technology, but not. Yeah, as sometimes they have better technology, but 
they're not as evolved. And so we'll get into some of those in future episodes, I'm sure, if you're interested. You know, write us and, and uh, at livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com and let us know if you're interested in more of this. We have so much to share with you on so many different levels. We can just this go is, on and on. This is kind of an important one, and there's a lot of fear around it because um, for people who write books and talk about it a lot, they, sometimes they get into trouble and get threatened and so on. So we're trying to normalize this a little more in how we talk about it because um, it's part. It's going to be part of our lives and the lives of our children in times to come to start to wake up to the rest of the universe. And always remember, never be afraid to say hello. That's right. That's how you're going to find out. All right. So next Wednesday, we're going to have a special treat for you. What do homicide cases, messages from the other side, Hollywood heartthrobs, mobsters, U.S. military psychic spies, UFOs, and spiritual healing have to do with making the paranormal normal and miraculous and available to all? We will find out from our friend and special guest, author Marla Fries, renowned Hollywood actress, turned psychic transformational medium and author of the Amazon bestseller, American Psychic, a spiritual journey from the heartland, Hollywood, heaven, and beyond. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.